you hadn't heard BYU had a scrimmage, I was at it for part of it. We'll talk about what I observed and also what I am hearing from people that were in full attendance at the scrimmage. It's all ahead on a special edition of Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Uh, back on a Saturday with you guys. Did not anticipate doing this until Monday, but uh, BYU media availability got changed on us last minute Friday evening. <clears throat> Email coming out saying, hey, uh, we are going to have media availability in person at the stadium tomorrow after BYU scrimmage. We obviously were able to watch about 20 minutes of said scrimmage. Now, I'm not going to bore you with all of the details of the scrimmage because there were approximately 2,200 Cougar Club members, family and friends of theirs in attendance at the stadium. I would guarantee that if you went to Cougar Board or any one of the other message boards you happen to frequent when it comes to BYU sports, inevitably somebody probably was there, took notes, and is disseminating that information. Now, there were plays made on both sides. Ben Bywater had an interception off of a play. I believe it was Darius Lazar, what I was told, bobbled it. There were touchdown throws made by Keaton Slovis as well as Jake Retzloff. Uh, Keaton Slovis is one thing you probably should note. Uh, did leave after three series in this practice. A lot of people reached out to me. I was talking with them. Said he ran up the tunnel to the locker room. There was concern that something may have happened, but word started to filter out uh, about it that he was under the weather, and Kalani Sitake did acknowledge that in his post-practice or post-scrimmage comment saying that he was under the weather. That's the exact terminology he used. Uh, what I understand is that they were, if you were to do this with any other sport would probably be like he had flu-like symptoms now that obviously is not necessarily going to hold him out he's got two weeks to get ready for Sam Houston State looking forward to that it's crazy thing we're two weeks away uh, from this evening I'm doing this at four o'clock mountain time when I'm recording this podcast uh, so we would be uh, two weeks from now would be four hours from kickoff I'll probably be on my way down to Provo to get all set up uh, for BYU pre and post game coverage on the KSL Sports Zone it's crazy thing it's that close but looking forward to it uh, what I really wanted to kind of share was uh, my takeaways from the scrimmage and also uh, based on people talking with them about the scrimmage some of the guys who have stood out guys you'll want to keep an eye on names to know I, I guess is the easiest way to say this now BYU will wrap up fall camp the official fall camp portion of uh, their training camp on Tuesday. There's going to be a, a final scrimmage on Tuesday evening out at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And then after that, they will take the day off on Wednesday as they have been done throughout this entire month. Go out and actually float the Provo River. They have a team activity. Kalani Sitake said they're going to float the river. And then Thursday, it's game week. Uh, they begin preparations for Sam Houston State. They'll have about a week and a half's worth of preparation going into that season opener and obviously looking forward uh, to all of that. So that's kind of the layout of how things are looking going forward forward. But talking with people that were at the scrimmage, uh, these are our practice insiders. Some of you actually reached out and uh, offered to adopt me for a day to take me down to the scrimmage. And y'all know who you are. And I truly do appreciate that. It means the world to me. You guys would do that. I could probably also just say, if I wanted to go, I probably could because they don't really check tickets per se. But hey, I'm going to abide by BYU's media standards so just so I stay in their good graces, obviously. But uh, fun all the same to be out there. But the names to know uh, from the practice today uh, include the likes of Mason Fakahua, 
what I understand is Mason Fakahua is stepping in and has really filled that role that Mason Wake left in the BYU offense. Uh, Fakahua, some of you might know, was a kid from Southern Utah, was a quarterback in high school. BYU recruited him with the idea that he could come out and uh, see what he could do at quarterback, but very quickly after he arrived at BYU, it was just clear that he was better suited elsewhere. He has settled into this H-back slash fullback role and obviously stepping up and to fill the shoes of a guy like Mason Wake, uh, having another Mason in the fold, albeit spelled M-A-S-O, versus M-A-S-E-N uh, for Wake. Uh, I think he's a guy to keep an eye on him. Whereas number 22, he did have a touchdown in this scrimmage, as I understand it. Uh, he is a guy that I think is going to be a guy that you'll want to just know that name. You're going to impress your family and friends when they say, who's number 22? And you just shout out Fakahua. Now, you may get uh, shouted down by a certain member of your family if they thought think you said what you think you said. If, you, if they think you said what you didn't say, but hey. Nonetheless, Mason Fakahua, no, no name to know. Uh, Jake Retzloff looked very, very good from my, what I understand it with the ones after Keaton Slovis was unavailable uh, due to that. It's very clear to me that Jake Retzloff is the number two quarterback for BYU. I'd actually say right now, I man, I have a hard time saying that Cade Fennigan is not necessarily like head and shoulders like with the other guys for the third spot, but Nick Billups, Ryder Burton, Cade Fennigan, they're all right there in the mix for the number three reps, but it's very clear to me that Jake Rutsloff is the number two quarterback barring something unforeseen. He looked very good, as I understand it, running with the ones, looked very comfortable in the offense, and that's what you want to see from a guy who's probably going to be the future of that position. It looks like it's his position to own going into 2024 and 2025 with his final two years of eligibility, but we'll have to kind of wait and see what happens out with this season. Taylor Alfrey, as I understand it, took all of the reps with the ones at safety. It's been that way since last scrimmage when uh, you saw Michael Harper go down due to injury. Now, I let me also say one thing about the Harper situation. I don't necessarily know if this has been reported out there, but it was. Oh no, it was reported. It was an ACL. Uh, so ACL tear for him, out for the season once again. But the hope is that he will be obviously able to attack rehab much more, I guess, aggressively. And having been through it before for himself, he'll be able to understand. Okay, here's what I need to push myself on. Here's what I need to back off on this. And just make sure that he's he's fully healthy and make sure that he's ready to get back onto the field as soon as 2024. He is out for this season. It's just the rehab in and of itself. It's a, it's a, usually at minimum a six month. rehab rehab and having that injury in August so that pushes you all the way to February and obviously uh, spring ball he'll probably sit out of but uh, the hope is that he's back in time for next season and he's got two years of eligibility remaining but in his stead Talon Alfrey along with Malik Moore are your one are your ones at safety beyond those two keep an eye on the name of Tanner Wall uh, he's a walk-on I love the kid he's a great walk-on story for BYU transformed his body was a wide receiver when he first showed up at BYU saw that there was uh, a, a pile of bodies in front of him and it was offered the opportunity to move over to the defense and embraced it wholeheartedly. He's getting run with the twos right now uh, due to the injury uh, to uh, Micah Harper. So keep an eye on Tanner Wall. Crew Wakeley's in that mix. Uh, guys like Raider DeMooney, uh, who obviously was a high-level prospect in his own right. He's probably running with the threes right now. The biggest thing with DeMooney is he's just got to get that playbook down. Once he does, he's got all the physical tools in the world to be a stud in that. I'm just looking at my list here. Oh, uh, running back. L.J. Martin, folks, he is the real deal. Uh, Aaron Roderick said it earlier this week on BYU uh, Sports Nation, an interview there. He is very, very high on L.J. Martin, as he should be. L.J. Martin got quite a bit of run, and he continues to get a lot of run in practice with BYU. Right now, I think that the top three running backs for BYU would go Aiden Robbins, Deion Smith, and L.J. Martin. It's nothing against Hinkley Rapati. It's nothing against Miles Davis or Enoch Nawahine or anybody else in that running back room, Nukuluva Halu. None of them uh, have anything. It's nothing against them, but these 
three guys, speaking of Robbins, Smith, and Martin, have been the standouts in training camp. So the nice part is you've got some quality depth for BYU at running back. And the crazy thing is, none of the three were on BYU's roster this time last year. So crazy how quickly things can change. Um, one other name to keep pay attention to on offense, JoJo Phillips. Uh, talking with some people, they think that JoJo Phillips may not necessarily play a lot early this season, but do not lose sight of number 28. It's hard to lose him because he's all of six foot five, six foot six, and he's got great hands, and he's much faster than a lot of people give him credit for the kid out of Southern California. High-level three-star prospect BYU brought in. He's so far been very, very good in training camp. Like I said, the, the, I think it was uh, my buddies over at uh, Cougar Sports, uh, Cougar Sports Saturday on KSL News, News Radio, Mitch Harper and uh, Matt Biamonte. They had a conversation with Fessy Satake, and Fessy laid out his top six right now in no particular order are, are Cody Epps, Keanu Hill, Chase Roberts, Darius Lassiter, Keelan Marion, and Parker Kingston. Those are the six I've been mentioning time and time again here on this podcast. It's been readily apparent that those guys are the best of the bunch BYU's got at wide receiver. And all six of them, by the way, are phenomenal football players. Uh, talking with one member of the BYU staff, they said, Jake, People think we're uh, rebuilding that wide receiver room. We just reloaded it. We just stocked it even more fully with talent than we did before. Keep an eye on those wide receivers. They're all very, very good. And JoJo Phillips is not part of that six right now, but keep an eye on him later this season. The other thing about this is BYU, uh, they understand that the transfer portal is a threat now. You can both add and lose guys, so you've got to be very cognizant of if if a kid can play, hiding him on the depth chart and redshirting him may not be your best play for BYU. BYU right now. You've got to get them out on the football field and give them their opportunity to play. These kids want to play football, so give them that opportunity to do so, and that, that's something to pay attention to as well. A uh, couple of things with regards to guys that were held out. No Max Tooley, no Isaiah Glasker from what I understand. Also, uh, no, I'm looking down on my phone here. They've got laying out in front of me. Uh, also, no, uh, excuse me, oh, hold on, let's see. Oh, yeah, no, there we go. Yeah, no uh, Keanu Hill as well. He was not dressed up uh, for practice, uh, so obviously had some of the bigger names not participating. Other guys were limited in terms of their overall reps they took. No quarterbacks were made live in this scrimmage. All but Keaton Slovis were live in the last scrimmage. So uh, some differences between the two, but uh, I felt like it was overall a pretty solid day. I think BYU's trending in the right direction. Uh, based on my intel coming out of this, no major injuries suffered in today's practice. Uh, Hinkley Rapati was spotted with a knee brace walking off the field after it. It sounds like he took a little bit of a hit as well as Dom Henry in this one, but uh, based on what I understand, and neither of them were considered to be all that serious. So uh, keep an eye on uh, any other news, obviously, out there, and we'll make sure to recap it on Monday. But like I said, my, my feeling is that there are names to know. So once again, JoJo Phillips, Mason Fakahua, Jake Retzloff, dude, he looks the part as, the, as at least the number two quarterback for BYU, Talon Alfrey, LJ Martin, T- uh, and Tanner Wall. Those are names to know because they're guys they are going to probably not necessarily be the headliners for BYU on offense and or defense, depending on which position they play, but they are guys that are going to make an impact. They're part of the rotation for BYU, and that's going to be very a critical part of BYU is having quality depth. We've talked about it multiple times. It continues to come up in conversation. 
revolving around BYU when I'm talking with folks. You got to find that quality depth. And the nice part is they got some bodies there. Other thing, real quick, it sure looks like Will Farron is going to be BYU starting kicker. Kalani Sitake, when asked about the kicking, said that Will Farron didn't miss any of his kicks. Didn't even mention the name of Matthias Dunn. Now, Dunn did uh, do kickoffs for BYU. Uh, maybe he has the stronger leg and he's more just uh, going to be used as a kickoff guy for the time being. But it sounds like and sure appears that uh, Will Farron is closing in on being BYU starting kicker. Kalani Sitake said he did not miss a kick in BYU scrimmage on Saturday. All right, uh, so there you go. Kind of the recap of what I have for you guys here on a Saturday special edition of the podcast. I got a couple other notes from other BYU sports that we need to touch on before we do that. Uh, let's talk about our friends over at uh, UCCU. Now, UCCU's been working with us for a few months now. A number of you know about Utah Community Credit Union. They've worked with us for years uh, in various circumstances in my radio career. But what I love about UCCU is they've got a really fun new thing that they're doing. They're calling it Learn and Earn. All you got to do is you got to go into their app the UCC mobile app, and you uh, participate in what they call them. They're, they're like, they're, what do they call them? They're like lessons, essentially. They're the quizzes and trivia. I actually tried it out just yesterday for the first time. And the fun part about it is you go on there, and you can uh, – Go through these quizzes, these trivia, and play against head-to-head with your family. Also do it with your family and friends as well that are out there, maybe beyond the walls of your own home. But as you do that, you garner points. And what that does, you can redeem those points for gift cards. You can get stuff from Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, many, many more. The best part is it's all age-appropriate content for the for family members. Once again, you can compete against each other. It's all Excuse me, it's all available. I'm butchering this right now. Inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so play it anytime, anywhere, and get on it today. It's part of the Be Money Smart uh, youth banking program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. It's all courtesy of friends over at UCCU. Love where you bank. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine. Thank you for joining us on this special Saturday edition of the podcast. A couple of notes real quick before we go. Is BYU men's basketball just right off the plane, right into action when it comes to their uh, Croatia and Italian tour? Uh, they were in Milan, Italy, and Robbie McCombs from Vanquish to the Foe. Uh, it's crazy to me, to, to me that he has to actually report this. There's apparently nobody on the trip that can do this. Uh, but BYU basketball did win its first scrimmage uh, less than, uh, what, 12 hours on the ground? They left yesterday, and they're already playing hoops out there in Milan. They beat Orange 1 Bassano. And I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Absolutely crushed this team 100 to 64. Uh, I did see uh, looking up who Orange 1 Bassano is. They already had played Bucknell, who's another Division I program in college basketball, and got blown out by them. So BYU's international tour off to a solid start. And like I said, right off the plane and right onto the court. But congratulations to Mark Pope and his team. A couple of you asked, have asked me in terms of ability to watch these. Based on what I understand, the release from BYU said there were going to be no stats and no live streams of these games, which is disappointing, honestly. It would have been nice for BYU to take one camera, set it up on the 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 
uh, we call it the the mezzanine level or something like that, and just run a camera back and forth. How how hard could it be? But nonetheless, it doesn't look like that's going to be an option. Those of you who may be over there in Europe, uh, it sounds like it's a game by game basis in terms of your ability to go see the game. So if you happen to be in the area, check it out. There may be a, an ability to go watch the game. Other ones may not so much have that opportunity. But uh, some good news there. Also, BYU did announce the new hire of a uh, new assistant coach. They hired Colin Terry as, as a member of their as their fourth assistant coach. As I understand that this that that rounds out the assistant coaching pool for BYU in this circumstance. Now uh, Terry's got a big connection, a lot of connections in the state of Utah. Spent the last two seasons as an assistant coach for the Greensboro Swarm, an NBA G League affiliate of the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, during his time with the Swarm, he's instrumental in helping Cameron McGriff, Xavier Sneed, and Kobe Simmons earn NBA call-ups. Uh, he also spent time in the G League as an assistant for the Maine Celtics, uh, working for the Boston Celtics organization. You know who happened to be running the Boston Celtics at that time is a guy named Danny Ainge, and obviously Austin Ainge, former BYU player there as well. Uh, he was an assistant coach at Salt Lake Community College under Todd Phillips uh, during Todd Phillips' run with Slick, and he also has a background having uh, gone to UVU, uh, also serving a mission, so Colin Terry, very natural addition to the BYU staff, and congratulations on him, I guess, on coming home to Utah to be a member of Mark Pope's staff. And the final note I got for you guys is that if you're looking for something to do tonight, uh, get out to Southfield. BYU, the 13th-ranked Cougars, speaking of the women's soccer team, are taking on Cal State Fullerton. Second straight home game to start off the season. Obviously, they won that game on Thursday night in their opener against the number 21 St. Louis 3-2. Uh, BYU held off a number of late chances for St. Louis to guard that win, but uh, their sixth straight season opening win now to make look to make it two and zero on the year. Cal State Fullerton started their season with a zero zero draw against Boston College at home. Uh, the Titans uh, were nine six and five a year ago, and they have met BYU ten times previously. With the Cougars holding an eight. 0-2 record. So a very good success rate for BYU in their matchups with the Titans. Once again, it'll be a 7 o'clock start. And by the way, if you have not checked out uh, the ESPN Plus, Big 12 now on ESPN Plus, which most of these games are going to be on for BYU women's soccer, it's a great product. Uh, Greg Rubel, uh, Carlos Swenson Haslam are on the call of these, doing a great job with regards to the announcing team. But the best part is they've got the BYU TV production. It just so happens it's being distributed just on a different uh, platform. So uh, once again, Reiteration, if you want to watch BYU Olympic sports, we're talking basketball, volleyball, soccer, all of the sports out there, get ESPN Plus because that Big 12 now on ESPN Plus is a huge part of the future for this conference, especially when it comes to the non uh, the, the non-football and bas- men's basketball side of things. Those, those two sports obviously get more eyeballs and are on more linear options when it comes to TV, but if you want to watch the other sports and support them, ESPN Plus is going to be your best friend moving forward for the BYU Cougars. All right, so there you go. Special edition of the podcast. I think we're all done now. So, uh, obviously, big thank you to all of you for your support. Anything else I hear coming out of that scrimmage, we'll recap on a Monday for you guys. Had a great conversation with BYU wide receiver Keelan Marion that I'm excited to let you guys hear next week as well. Got a few other interviews in the queue. So, uh, going to be a busy week ahead as BYU wraps up training camp and turns their attention to fall, uh, not to fall camp, to game week prep for Sam Houston State. It's fun, folks. We're 14 days away. Get excited. It should be a really, really fun run up to the season opener and looking forward to being out there with all y'all against Sam Houston State on September 2nd. Until Monday, have a great weekend and hope you guys are all doing well out there. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See you.